Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Rejuvenation's Health Radio on blogtalkradio.com. The show is brought to you by LipoLite Naples and your hosts are Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron. We are your station for everything natural. We are your station for information about slimming, shaping, and toning. We not only want you to live longer, we want you to have more life in those years. So without further ado, let's get on with today's show. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Dr. Ron Sr. with uh, 30 minutes of uh, information I hope that you can use. Uh, uh, it, uh, you know, it takes a while to prepare every show. But I want to thank everyone for listening, and thank you again for making us the number one Internet radio show in Southwest Florida for medical information. And I want to thank all the uh, great reviews we had uh, from you last week on the ending of the show. I do appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, weekly we are brought to you by LipoLite Naples, located at 1575 Pine Ridge Road, uh, in Naples, uh, their phone number is 239-331-5886. And ladies and gentlemen, they have been having just such great results with their cryo spa, the only n- uh, nitrogen gas chamber in southwest Florida, completely supervised and completely private. Uh, the phone number for the cryo spa is to area code 239-658-2665. And if you get a chance, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, look at either website, lipolightnaples.com, that's L-I-G-H-T, lipolightnaples.com, or cryo, C-R-Y-O, cryonaples.com. See what's happening down at the uh, Naples office. Uh, you'll be surprised. A lot of the state-of-the-art equipment is there, and uh, everything is non-evasive. Even fine light treatments for facial wrinkles is there. Non-invasive treatment. Uh, the LipoLite program is again taking off with great success as uh, some of our northern uh, visitors now are down here and want to lose two or three inches uh, so they can get out on the beach and be what they want to be. So that's uh, Rejuvenation's Health Center, LipoLite, Cryo Naples, all the same at 1575 Pine Ridge Road, Naples, Florida, 239-331-5886. And ladies and gentlemen, these past couple weeks I've had a chance to uh, reunite with uh, a gentleman that that, uh, I haven't seen in 50 years. And it's been just uh, great. And uh, two weeks ago uh, I spent some time with some dear friends uh, from uh, uh, Philadelphia area. And uh, just to read something from uh, Francis de Sales, St. Francis de Sales. Too often we take friendships for granted. Yet true friends give us more than feel-good moments. They enlighten us to see some real insights which help us smooth over the rough spots of our journey in this present moment. And every time we meet a bump in the road, friends are a real treasure in life. Enjoy them and live every day well. And it is great to uh, reunite with our friends and enjoy their company and uh, Good to, to have a friend. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I hope uh, that you ate a lot and enjoyed uh, your holiday. I hope you enjoyed it with friends and family. And uh, I know you're busy uh, celebrating this holiday, 
but I have something to, to tell you. You know, before you start breaking up beverages in the holiday season, there are are a couple you might want to live in that, leave in that fridge because there's a frightening new sweetener that's being added to soda sold across America. Remember we talked about this on our Thursday show that uh, the uh, Coca-Cola and Pepsi uh, were getting rid of aspartame because uh, they're afraid of the lawsuits that are going to come down the road from uh, all the diseases which aspartame can cause. But when you hear how this new sweetener is really made, I know there's no way you'll want to serve it to your family or yourself. If you bought Pepsi products for the holidays, you might be taking part in a nationwide drug experiment. Make no mistake about it, the new additive is called Sweet Mix, S-W-E-E-T-M-Y-X. And ladies and gentlemen, it is a drug. It's already been added to Mug Root Beer in Denver and Philadelphia and is sold in Pepsi's Apple Soda, Manzanita Soul, all across America. Now with a name like Sweet Mix, you might think this is just a sweetener. Maybe stevia mixed with sugar or some other sweet ingredient. But believe it or not, sweet mix doesn't have any taste at all. Sonomix, the company that makes sweet mix, actually cloned human taste receptors and found a way to trick your brain into thinking it's tasting something sweet. Now, do we really want to talk about mind-altering drugs? Now, if letting some company play nutty professor with your brain chemicals is more than you bargained for when you picked up that two-liter soda, there are some very smart people who agree with you. The Feingold Association, which is a nonprofit group that studies the effects of food additives and colors, claims that sweet mix should be considered a drug and not an additive and should have gone through clinical trials. The FDA is so unsure of what this stuff will do that it even put out an alert clarifying that it's never declared sweet mix safe. Don't you already starting to feel good about these Pepsi drinks now? And when was the last time you saw the FDA do something like that? But because sweet mix is considered an additive, Sonomics doesn't have to ever tell us what really, what's really in it or which food or drinks is being dumped into. So right now, we only know about those two Pepsi drinks, but who knows where it may show up next. So to stay safe, you should avoid anything that lists quote-unquote, artificial flavor or, quote-unquote, artificial sweetener among its ingredients because you won't find sweet mix listed there. Another tip-off could be the new versions of products advertised as being lower in sugar and calories. But for now, you should do everything you can to keep sweet mix out of your meal plans. That way you can feel good about what you're serving your family without worrying about any trouble that might be coming down the road.
So thank you for listening to that, and I hope that uh, that is something you can act on. Because in America, we are really a little bit crazy, you know. Only in America do drugstores make the sick walk all the way to the back of the store to get their prescriptions, while healthy people can buy cigarettes right in the front. And only in America do people order double cheeseburgers, large fries, and, you guessed it, a Diet Coke. Only in America, ladies and gentlemen, do banks leave vault doors open, but they chain the pens to the counters. And only in America do we leave cars worth thousands of dollars, leave them in the driveway, and put our useless junk in the garage. And only in America do we buy hot dogs in packages of 10 and buns in packages of 8. And only in America do they have drive-up ATM machines with Braille lettering. And why can't women put on mascara with their mouth closed? And why don't we ever see a headline, Psychic Wins the Lottery? Oh, there is just so many of these problems with America. Well, I guess we should hope for a mouse-flavored cat food and... Uh, We'll go on with this. That's just a little little humor here today. Uh, on uh, Tuesday, December 1st, getting ready for the Easter holidays. So we're talking about Pepsi, right? Let's, let's just stay on this. I, I want to talk a little bit about the, the, what's happening with our salmon. And uh, we'll take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about ibuprofen. Uh, and that... Uh, We'll do it for today. 30 minutes, ladies and gentlemen, goes by really quickly. So some people hate booze, but, you know, you, how many people do you think, uh, see drinking Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and the rest of this stuff? Well, I'm going to read you a, a little uh, editorial about a new study that reveals soda could stop your heart permanently. It's a fact, ladies and gentlemen, that moderate boozers live longer and healthier and happier lives than teetotalers. But how about moderate soda drinkers? Well, there's no such thing. Any amount of soda can have a devastating effect on your metabolism, and that is why the latest research finds soda can put you on the path toward heart failure. Drink just two sodas a day. Just two sodas a day, and your risk of heart failure jumped by 23% over a 12-year period. That was according to a major study that followed 42,000 men. Two sodas a day, is that a lot? No, I don't think so. Half of all Americans drink soda, and among them, the average is 2.6 glasses a day. That's tens of millions of soda slurpers headed for chronic disease and early death because heart failure isn't any old heart problem. It's the mother of all heart problems. A heart attack, I don't hate to say that, could be a blessing in disguise, but if it's the wake-up call to get you off your tail and on the path toward getting healthier. 
And, you you know, we've all known people that have had heart attacks and, you know, probably was good for them. It woke them up. But heart failure, ladies and gentlemen, is another story. It's a life of chest pain and constant breathing difficulties so severe you may have to haul an oxygen tank around everywhere you go. It's so bad that half of all heart failure patients are pushing up daisies within five years of being diagnosed. So if you are going to have any habit at all, take the booze and not the soda, because a 2012 study found moderate drinking will cut your risk of heart failure by 20%. And I guess uh, some people will say I could drink to that. So here we have something about Pepsis and the new sweetener, sweet mix, and sodas, and this is all uh, just just this information you don't read every day. That's why I'm bringing it to you. So let me bring you uh, some news, and we'll uh, finish up on this news that the FDA approving genetically modified salmon and, and about the salmon in our restaurants. So on November 2nd of 2015, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, that's the FDA, they approved the first genetically modified food animal, an Atlantic salmon that grows twice as fast as natural salmon thanks to the insertion of genes from a Chinook salmon and an eel pot. An eel pot is an eel-like fish. As a result, they carry three copies of each chromosome instead of two. But that's not the only change. Their sex hormones will also undergo complicated manipulation to ensure they're all female. They're also said to be sterile as an added precaution, so they manage to escape. But the sterilization process has been criticized as flawed and not 100% guaranteed. And adding insult to the recklessness, the FDA will not require any additional labeling to identify the genetically aberrant nature of this salmon. The news of the approval was shocking to many, believe me, considering the strong opposition to it and undoubtedly resulted in more than a few exasperated people. And ladies and gentlemen, the critics have long raised serious questions about human and environmental safety. The FDA claims there's reasonable certainty of no harm, reasonable certainty coming from eating Aqua Bounty's frankenfish. Even the Center for Science and Public Interest has gone on record saying the genetically engineered salmon is safe to eat and will not harm the environment. But how do they base these opinions? As noted by Food Democracy Now!, FDN, Approval of of Aqua Bounty's genetically engineered salmon was done using only the company's own shoddy scientific studies, which were so poorly designed they couldn't pass a fifth-grade science fair. For two of the studies, they used sample sizes so small that they have no scientific credibility with only 12 fish tested in one study, while another study on the possible allergic reactions in humans involved only six fish. So, in in a 2011 interview, a a professor at Dartmouth College, Dr. Kupaczynski, an environmental scientist and scientific advisor to the government on 
uh, transgenic organisms noted, quote, my main concern was that the kind of data presented by Aqua Bounty had gaps and the quality of the analysis of the data, especially the statistical analysis, was really quite a low bar. I was concerned that there were some problems with small sample sizes, some problems with statistical analysis, and I was even more concerned that there were key parts missing from the risk assessment. He goes on, it seemed like the approach taking the risk assessment wasn't really up to speed with the state of the art of, that, of risk assess, assessment. So is it a fish or a drug? Well, we don't know, and the, the FDA do, do, doesn't come down on that. Uh, and are there differences and it's showing that there's uh, nutritional differences between farmed and wild salmon? And why aren't they labeling these frankenfish? Uh, what, what's, what's going on? What don't we understand? So you know, we just, you know, and we're not going to know. I mean, how do you, what do we, we have to get rid of salmon now? You know, the FDA doesn't exactly have the best tra- track record for, for health uh, issues as it is. So there's lots and lots of people against this, uh, how they're raised. Uh, they're, they compared them to farm raised, not to wild uh, salmon. So there is a salmon fraud going on. And uh, we really have to try and assist with our senators if we have a chance that that these should be labeled. Uh, According to recent reports, massive fraud is being committed already with more than 40% of salmon being mislabeled during the off-season. So even regular salmon is being mislabeled. If the industry cannot keep track of farmed versus wild how can they, we expect them to prevent farmed, genetically engineered salmon from entering the wild and are getting mixed up with wild salmon, which at present is the only way to avoid the genetically engineered fish? The salmon fraud in question was revealed by an environmental group called Oceana, which conducted DNA testing on 82 samples of salmon gathered from stores and restaurants in Virginia, Washington, D.C., Chicago, and New York between December 2013 and March 2014. A summary of the results. Here they go. Overall, 43% of samples were mislabeled. 69% involved farmed raised salmon being represented as wild-caught salmon. 67% of the restaurant samples were mislabeled. 20% of the store-bought salmon was mislabeled. Larger grocery chains had fewer incidences of mislabeling compared to smaller grocery stores. So just uh, something that, you know, we we hate to worry about everything coming down the pike, but uh, now the salmon, which a lot of people have switched to salmon, they're not eating meat uh, because they can't get grass-fed meat. I don't understand it. But now even our salmon uh, stock is uh, being contaminated with genetically engineered salmon with no long track history. So now you are a walking experiment for Pepsi-Cola with their sweet mix. And now uh, every time you eat a genetically engineered salmon, uh, you don't even know you're eating it. So if you get sick down the road, I don't know how they're ever going to check this out epidemiologically. Boy, how, how about that for a word? 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dr. Ron at the uh, Cryo Naples has an ad running now on the radio. Let's just take a minute to hear that. This is Dr. Ron Repesey of Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Spa, your place to chill at 239-658-COOL. If you've not heard of whole body cryotherapy and suffer with back pain, joint pain, arthritis, fibromyalgia, or you're an athlete that wants quick recovery from sports injuries, then come chill with us at Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Sauna. Cryospa treatments take only three minutes and are supervised by physicians. Sessions are one-on-one in a private environment. Each treatment can also burn five to 800 calories. As seen on Dr. Oz, Cool Cryospa is truly amazing technology. Let's hear what Dr. Kurt Biggs, a well-respected orthopedic surgeon in Naples, has to say about Cool Cryotherapy. Hi, I'm Dr. Biggs of the Joint Replacement Institute. Since I started applying the Cool Cryosauna, my patients are healing much quicker and athletes are seeing quick recovery. I recommend this procedure for my surgical patients and athletes. Call Dr. Repesey now to schedule your Cool Cryo trial session, 239-658-COOL, 239-658-2665, located at 1575 Pine Ridge Road in the Noodles Italian Bistro Plaza. Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Spa. Come chill with us. Well, that's Dr. Ron, and the, 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 the procedure is really working great, ladies and gentlemen. If you're in the southwest Florida area, uh, you should go in. If you have any, if you have chronic pain, fibromyalgia, or you're really training heavily with high-intensity training, and you have some aches and pains, and you want to train more, but you, uh, you really need to go in for a three-minute session. So, you know, we talked about ibuprofen. Well, before I get to that, I always have to have something for Dr. Dan. Petite, petito principei, which literally means begging of the principle of taking for granted that which, is, which remains to be proved. And you know what? That's a that's a dilemma for a lot of the natural physicians out there. So let me just explain a little bit about what that means, and then we'll get into ibuprofen. To explain, the average and typical person finds it difficult to discern between drugs and nutrition. Look, even the FDA is having trouble with that, as we just talked about. They relate upon arising in the morning with a sore throat. So aspirin or some other antipyretic is taken. But inflammation, which some which is often uh, mistaken for infection, persists. So they go to a doctor. What's he give them? Antibiotics. Maybe for 10 or 12 days. Then it looks like the prescription is working for a while outside of the indigestion and diarrhea caused by the drug. But, as was explained... It's something going around, intestinal flu maybe. We know that uh, flu is a virus, but physicians still give antibiotics. After a month or so with no results, other antibiotics are tried, but to no avail. So your physician says you have a drug-resistant problem and those swollen lymph nodes in your neck indicate the need for a specialist. But maybe if that person that started with that sore throat had stayed indoors for three or four days, eaten some fresh oranges and drank some uh, freshly squeezed orange juice, the biochemistry of inflammation would have completed its phases and the condition would have resolved in 7 to 14 days. But you see where this is going, how uh, simple uh, inflammation is mistakenly 
diagnosed as infection can lead to a cascading domino effect, and, and that's a problem with all our drugs. Uh, let's just talk about ibuprofen now, and uh, there's even more bad stuff coming out about PPIs, the proton pump inhibitors. We'll get to that later if we have time, if not next week. So when you hear the word overdose, do you ever think about ibuprofen? You probably never think about Advil uh, when when you think about overdose. But it turns out that you can have too much of this relatively mild pain reliever, and it can put your health in peril. As the most consumed over-the-counter painkiller ingredient, there is ibuprofen. It's used by millions of people every day as a headache remedy to reduce fever symptoms for chronic bone and joint pains, muscle aches, PMS, cramps, etc. Ibuprofen is the active ingredient in many of the most popular painkillers available on the market today, including what Advil, Motrin, Nuprin, etc. Ibuprofen containing Advil reached sales volumes of $490.9 million just here in the United States. Ibuprofen is uh, considered a NSAID, that is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. In other words, it helps reduce pain and swelling throughout the body because it's capable of lowering hormones that cause inflammation. All painkillers also interfere with normal functions of the nervous system, changing the way our nerves communicate feelings of pain when they occur in certain parts of our body. So taking ibuprofen can come in handy when you're injured, sick, or recovering from surgery, but unfortunately it's also overused by many people, potentially leading to multiple side effects and even poisoning. In some cases, someone might experience an ibuprofen overdose if he or she takes more than the recommended amount but in other cases, it's not the doses that's the problem. It's the person has a medical condition that stops him or her from absorbing the drug's active ingredients normally. Wow. All right, we have about three minutes to go. When it comes to taking any medication, whether prescription or, or one that's available over the counter, you always want to take the smallest amount possible. In the case of ibuprofen, overdoses can happen when someone either takes too much at one time or the body doesn't metabolize or eliminate the drug properly. So, uh, you know, we talked about it does interfere with hormones, as, as does all the other NSAIDs. And ibuprofen and other NSAIDs inhibit the synthesis of prostaglandins by blocking an enzyme called cyclooxygenase. And one of the biggest problems with taking high doses of ibuprofen is, is that it's capable of damaging your digestive system, especially your stomach and intestines. Another scary risk factor is that it increases the odds of having a heart attack or stroke, even in people who aren't at high risk to begin with. This is especially true if you have other heart problems, though. It's even worse. But when you take high doses or when you have uh, take this medication for a long period of time. So what are the symptoms? Well, symptoms could be uh, the fatal one, an increased heart attack or stroke, increased risk for seizures or coma, intestinal bleeding, especially in, in elderly people, older adults, dangerously low blood pressure, we call that hypo, H-Y-P-O tension, ringing in your ears. Be, be, be concerned if you have that when you're taking ibuprofen. Blurred vision, headaches, confusion, dizziness, drowsiness, 
gastrointestinal problems, including diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, heartburn, and stomach pain, trouble urinating, trouble breathing, or shallow uh, breathing like wheezing, and skin rashes, all could be signs of a uh, overdose of ibuprofen. So you, know, you don't want to take more than the recommended dose on the label. Be careful of the uh, warnings and interactions uh, because of the way it is absorbed in the body. Ibuprofen may not be safe for people uh, with heart disease, high blood pressure, intestinal disorders, stomach ulcers, kidney disease, or if they retain a lot of fluid. So it can happen. Uh, if you experience it, you, you need to get to an emergency room uh, immediately. There are natural alternatives. We talked about them last week, including turmeric and ginger and bromelain and Epsom salt baths. And, ladies and gentlemen, 30 minutes is wrapping up here. I want to, uh, again, with an attitude of gratitude, just thank everybody for listening. We'll come back next week, and I promise to get to some of my uh archives from 1980s to talk about and read some things that were written then that are uh, that are still appropriate today so ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening god bless have a great rest of the week and we'll see you next tuesday at four for 30 minutes with me have a great day dr ron and dr ron Thank you for listening to Rejuvenation Health Radio here on blogtalkradio.com. See you next week. Ciao.